This week is Parshas Shmini, where we read about the dedication of the Mishkan. And in the Haftoida, we read about David HaMelech bringing the Arun <clears throat> to Yerushalayim. So this week is very much connected to the idea of Dira B'Tachtonim, the dwelling of Hashem in this physical world. Now, starting with the Chumash, the first Pasuk in the Chumash is by Yehi Bayim Ashmini on the eighth day, Kara Moshe, Moshe calls Aaron and Levana and Zikna Yisrael, Aaron and his sons and the elders. And Rashi says, by Yehi Bayim Ashmini, the eighth day, this is the eighth day of the Miluim. There was the seven days of the dedication of the Mishkan, which was the 23rd to the 29th of Adar. Rashi says, this day was Rishchidosh Nisan, <coughs> the day the Mishkan was erected. And Rashi says that this day, the eighth day, first of Nisan, was a very special day. Vinatal Eser Atoros, Rashi says, it had 10 crowns. And Rashi tells us, these crowns are all listed in a sefer called Seder Oilam, which is a book from Tanoim, Braisa, which basically is the history of the world based on Chumash and Tanakh. Now we're going to do a quote from Seder Oilam Rabbah. There are two Seder Oilams. There's the larger one, which is known as Seder Oilam Rabbah, and a small abridged version, which is known as Seder Oilam Zuta. We're now going to read a Baraisa, a Baraisa is a statement from Tanoim that was not included in the Mishnah, from Seder Oilam Rabbah, based on this week's parsha. He says, it says, Vayedaber Hashem Moshe Leimer, Hashem spoke to Moshe, Hashem tells Moshe, on the, on the first day of the first month, the first of the month, you should erect the Yomayed, and over there you should put the Shulchan and you should put everything. So basically it is quite clear that the erecting the Mishkan, the final dedication of the Mishkan was on the first of Nisan of the second year the Jews were in Egypt. The Seder Olam goes on to say that the seven days of dedication began on the 23rd of Adar. They finished on the first of Nisan and all seven days Moshe was erecting the Mishkan every morning making carbonates, and he was dismantling it every day. <clears throat> On the eighth day, he erected the Mishkan, and he did not dismantle it. Now, um, that is the first opinion. Then we bring an opinion of Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yehuda, that on the eighth day, he also erected and dismantled the Mishkan. Now it says that Aaron and his sons should eat the meat of the ram and the bread, which this is the first time that Aaron and his sons were told to eat karbonis. And then it says, by the door of the Ayomayed, Aaron and his sons have to sit for seven days, night and day, and Aaron and his sons did as they were commanded. And then it says, then it was the eighth day. The eighth day is after the seven days of dedication. And we learn now that this eighth day was on a Sunday. This day was on a Sunday, and it was Rishchidosh Nisan. And on that day, Aaron and his sons, for the first time ever, washed their hands and the feet from the kiyot, which is a special basin for the kainim to wash their hands and feet. The first time Aaron and his sons did all the aveda, the first time the whole daily order of the Mishkan was done, this was also the day that the Nisim, the princes, the heads of the various tribes, 
made the Karbonis on the first 12 days of Nisim. We read every single day after davening the Parshas Hanosi. It says, on the first of the 12 days, Nachshin, who was the Nasi, the prince of the tribe of Yehuda. And each of the first 12 days, a different prince made a carbon. Now the Seder Olam goes on, which Rashi quotes, the 10 special things that happened on that eighth day. The first thing is the fact that it was on a Sunday. Why is Sunday such an important day? It is the first day of the creation of the world. God created the world on a Sunday, and every single Sunday is at some level commemoration of creation. And every Sunday we say in the Psalm, in the Hayyim Yom for Sunday, that Hashem owns, owns the earth and all that's in it. And we mark creation every Sunday. Then, these are now numbering 10 things which made this Yom Hashmini, this eighth day, very special. The first day that the Nesim, the princes of the tribe, brought Karbonis. The first day that the Shechina rested at the Jewish people. In other words, the idea of Dira B'Tachtonim, until even the first seven days when they were dedicating the Mishkan, it didn't combine the physical and the spiritual. But on the eighth day, the Shechina began resting, as it says, I will rest amongst the Jewish people. Number four, the first time that it was prohibited to make a private Mizbeah until the first of Nisan, even on the, during the seven days of Miluim, if somebody wanted to make a Mizbeah, an altar in his backyard and make his own Karbanis, it was fine. On the eighth day, first of Nisan, it became prohibited. The idea of the division of Koyhein and Levi Yisrael, Koyanim are have special sanctity. Anybody who was in Shul Yamtiv would have heard the Koyanim make a bracha. Asher kiddishonu b'kdushasai shel Aaron. Hashem has sanctified us with the sanctification of Aaron and commanded us to bless the Jewish people. So this idea, the special sanctity of the Koyanim began on that eighth day. Rishon Lebracha. This is the first time that the Koyanim had the special power to bless the Jewish people. We say that the Kayan blesses the Jewish people, and if yes, Hashem blesses the Kayanim. Just to mention that a precondition for the Kayan to bless the Jewish people is that he must love every single Jew in the congregation, or at least not have any negative feelings. The Kayan makes a bracha when he duchens, Levarech asher kedeshanu Yisrael to bless the Jewish people with love. Then we have Rishon Le'Avedah, the first day they did Le'Avedah in the Mishkan. Rishon Le'Chadoshim, it was the first month Nisan. Rishon Le'Shchita Safin, the law that the holy Kodshei Kadoshim have to be shechted, have to be slaughtered in the northern part of the, in north of the Mizbeah. That was the first time they had this rule. Rishon Le'Achilas Kodshim, the first time that the Kayanim are eating Kodshim, and Rishon Le'Yeridas Ha'ish, the first time the fire came down from heaven, as it says, Ba'Petzei Interesting that the Seder Olam says there's 10, and we just counted the word Rishon 11 times. So with two, some of them, not sure which, 
but one of them doesn't count. Maybe the idea of the Shechina resting and the fire coming down are connected. Now, on this eighth day, we read in this week's Saturday that two sons of Aaron, Nadav and Aviyu, die. They tried to bring some carbon and they died. It's not clear why they died, different opinions. First, we'll do the Psukim. It, uh, the Chumash tells us, each of them, Nadav and Aviyu, took his fire pan. They put fire in. They put spices. And and they brought before Hashem a strange fire, Hashem leitziva that He did not command them. And then we read, Hashem, a fire came out, and consumed them, Hashem, and they died before Hashem. And the big question is, what exactly did Nadav and Avihu do wrong for which they died? Rashi brings. Rashi brings that the reason they died, he brings from Rabbi Eliezer, they died, somebody asked a halacha question, and and instead of deferring to Moshe Rabbeinu, Nadav and Aviyu answer the question, and generally, if you have a rabbi who's your senior present, you don't, a junior person does not answer a question in the presence of a senior rabbi, Moshe Rabbeinu, is the senior rabbi, Nadav and Aviyu, should not have been answering the questions. Rabbi, rabbi Shmuel says, they, they entered the base Hamikdash having drank wine, which as a proof for this is that later we see that the Torah warns that the Kayanim should not drink wine when they're doing Aveda, and this is quoted from Vayikra Rabba. We're soon going to see in the Medrash Vayikra Rabba an amazing story about the damage that can cause by drinking wine. Now, Sarashi brings us two opinions as to what Nadav and Aviyu did wrong. Rabbi Eliezer, they pask in the halacha in the presence of Meish Rabbeinu, and Rabbi Ishmael, they entered the Beis Hamikdash when, in the Mishkan when they had drank wine, which is why afterwards the Torah warns that the Kainim should not drink wine when they go to do Aveda, and similarly, uh, a rabbi who's going to paskin, who's going to make a halacha decision, is not allowed to drink wine before he decides a halacha. Now, he brings here in the Medrash Rabbah, Vayikra Rabbah Perekhov, Perekhapada B'Shem Rabbi Yirmiya Ben Elazar says, there are four reasons that the sons of Ari, Nadav, and Aviyu died. Al Hakreva, for coming close, Al Hakreva, for what they brought, Al Eish Zara, for the strange fire, and they didn't consult with each other. And the Medrash explains all four of them. They entered all the way inside. They entered the Kodesh Kadoshim. Second, for the bringing, they brought a carbon. They were not commanded. For a strange fire, they took they brought some fire from a stove. They got a regular natural fire, which in the Beis Hamikdash it should be fire that comes from heaven. Also, they didn't consult with each other. You should always get opinions of other people. They didn't consult with each other. As it says, each each one did his thing. They didn't consult with each other. In general, we should always make decisions together with other people. So now we have four opinions what they did wrong. They entered too far into the Holy of Holies. 
They brought a carbon they weren't commanded. They brought fire they weren't commanded and they didn't consult with each other. That is all Bar Kapora. Rabbi Yirmiya ben Elazar says, there are four places that it mentions the death of our own sons and each time it mentions what they did wrong. Why do we always say what they did wrong? It is to tell you that this is the only sin they ever had. Otherwise they were perfect tzaddikim. Rabbi Lazar Hamudoi says, Rabbi Lazar Hamudoi is from Medin. Come and see the, how Yekara, how valuable, special it is, the death of the sons of Aaron before Hashem, that every single time he mentions their death, he mentions their sin. And what is the reason that nobody should think they did anything terrible? No, these are the only things they ever did wrong. Otherwise, they were the greatest of tzaddikim. And Abmoni the Shoy brings in the name of Reb Levi for four reasons the sons of Aaron died, and it says Misa, death by all of them. One is that they had drank wine before they did the Aveda, and it says over there that if you drink wine, you die. They didn't have the proper garments of the Kayanim, and it says that they should have the big day Kahuna on Aaron and his sons. What were they missing? They're missing the Me'il which is the overcoat, which it says, number three, they entered the Mishkan without washing their hands and feet from the Kiyot. And it says, should wash hands and feet and not die. And that they didn't have sons, which actually they didn't want to have sons. Why didn't they have sons? They never got married. And it says on their death, as it says, by Yomos why? Sabachonin says, because they weren't married. It says by a kayin v'chitber ba'adayu ba'beisay, a kayin atones for himself. The kayin gadol atones for himself and his family. Beisay zu ishtay is his wife. Somebody who's not married is not a complete person and cannot be a kayin gadol. And even as a kayin, he's lacking because he's not married. And Ablevi says shachsim hoyu. What does the word shachsim mean? So the Medrash HaMavur says gavasayim. They were haughty people. They were arrogant. There were many women who were not married. And many women would have been overjoyed to marry Nadav and Avil. But Nadav and Avil said, what, we're going to marry this woman, our, the father, the brother of our father, Meisha, our father's brother of the king. Our mother's brother, Nachshain, is the Nasi, the head of the tribe of Yehuda. Our father is the Kayingala. We are the assistant Kayingala. Is there a woman who's worthy of marrying holy people like us? We are so holy and so special that no woman is worthy of marrying us. And therefore they decided not to get married. And according to the lady, it is because of their arrogance, a feeling that women were not worthy of them. That's why they died. That Ab Menachem, but Ab Yeshua, but Ab Nechemia says, it says, Bachur of Ochlaesh, young people were consumed by fire. Why were they Ochlaesh? Because of the young girls, the virgins, they didn't make a marriage. They should have married a young girl. It also says, uh, so this is the reason according to this, and is from the word which means a wedding. It's also from the word praise, because usually at the wedding, people praise the Kala, people say wonderful things about the Kala, and they never, neither of them ever got married. It is, furthermore, it says, One time, Moshe and Aaron were walking first, and Nadav and Avihu were walking right behind them, and all the Jews behind. And Nadav and Avihu say to each other, when are these two old men going to die? 
and we're going to take over and we will become the leaders of the Jewish people. So they were already planning the succession of Moshonari as the tzaddikim of the generation, they would have to be the succession. And obviously it didn't go as they planned. And says, they actually verbalized this idea that they expected to be the next leaders of the Jewish people. And Apincha says they thought about it. They didn't have the chutzpah to verbalize it. But still, even thinking about it is wrong. Hashem says to them, don't praise yourself over what it'll be tomorrow. He says over here, many young horses died and their skins were used to cover their mothers, which means nobody has a guarantee. You're assuming this leader is old, so you'll take over leadership. Nobody knows when anybody else, who was going to die first, who's going to die second. Then he says another thing what they did wrong. It says, the leaders of the Jewish people at the giving of the Torah, Hashem did not strike them, which implies that they were worthy of being struck by Hashem. As it says over there, they saw Hashem, which means they satisfied their eyes from the Shechina. Like somebody, they were eating and drinking as they were going somewhat, to some extent, up on Har Sinai, because Nadav and Aviyah were allowed up to a certain point, but they should have been removed from Gashmias, from physicality then, and they had the haughtiness to eat and drink at that time. Rabbi Yechanan says, Achila Vadai, they definitely ate. They had uh, very involved in eating. As it says, their heads were uncovered. It doesn't mean they didn't wear a yarmulke. It doesn't mean that. It means that when somebody walks into the Arsenai, walks into the Mishkan, they should be humbled. They should feel awe over their head, the glory of Hashem. And these guys, they were arrogant and they felt, well, I'm a holy Jew. I can satisfy myself looking at different things of the Shekhinah. That Rabbi Yeshua bring, the Sichtim brings the name of Rabbi Levi, Meish Rabbeinu was embarrassed to see the holy things of Hashem. Loizon of Minashchina, he didn't want to satisfy his eyes from the Shechina. And Vinehene Minashchina, he had benefit, but still he always felt bad. Who am I to see any holy thing? How do we know that Meish Rabbeinu, Loizon of Minashchina, he didn't want to satisfy his eyes from the Shechina. It says, by Yaster Moshe Ponov. Moshe hid his face when it came to godly revelations. And how do we know he benefited? It says that Moshe's face was shining. When Moshe came down from the mountain, everybody saw he, his face was shining. He needed to put on a mask that people shouldn't, uh, would be able to look at him. So because Moshe concealed, he felt humble. Therefore, he merited that Hashem spoke to him face to face. Because he, he, uh, he merited that everybody was afraid to approach him because he was hesitant to look towards the holiness of Hashem. He merited to see greatness of Hashem. Nadav and Avio had the opposite idea. They felt they're worthy of seeing everything. Therefore, they didn't benefit. As it says, Nadav and Avio died lefnei Hashem. What does it mean, lefnei Hashem? Because Hashem found the death of these tzaddikim very difficult. Because despite these few failings that we mentioned, in everything else, Nadav and Aviyah were perfect tzaddikim. Rabbi of Yafo asks, Here it says, Hashem twice. And then it says, one time. So here we see that as much suffering 
as Aaron, their, Aaron, their father lost two of his sons. He lost two out of four sons. It must have been absolutely terrible for him. But the suffering of Hashem on the death of Nadav and Avia was even worse. It says, Midbar Sinai, they died in the desert of Sinai. Did they die in Midbar Sinai? It says it's from her Sinai they got this punishment because it was the way they acted at Mount Sinai that caused them to be punished, but they weren't punished until the first of Nisan. He has a parable of a king who was marrying off his daughter. And there's the Shushvinin. Uh, the Shushvinin is the um, people who lead to the wedding, the Unterfir. Usually it's the parents of the Hasan Kala. But here the Shushvinin of the marriage of Hashem and the Jewish people were, or Hashem and the Torah were Meish uh, and Aaron and the king said, if I kill now this Shushvinin, then my daughter's wedding is going to get wrecked. So therefore, let me not wreck my daughter's wedding and, and have the Shushvinin die now for their sin. The uh, people who will lead you to the wedding. But let's wait rather, instead of messing up my daughter's happy day, I'll mess up my happy day. That this person will come, will get punished on the day of my joy, not the day of the joy of my daughter. So Hashem says, if I kill Nodav and Abihu now because their sin was at Mount Sinai by the revelation of Mount Sinai, so I'm going to mess up the joy of my daughter. I'll wait till it's my joy. So the joy of my daughter is the Torah, the giving of the Torah. The Torah is Hashem's daughter marrying the Jewish people. That's the wedding of Hashem and the Jewish people with the Torah. And that's Hashem's so Hashem says, I'd rather mess up the day of the building of the Mishkan than mess up the day of the giving of the Torah. We say now, Nadav and Avihu never had any sons. So he brings over here, Rabbi Yaakov says, if they had sons, their sons would have gone before Elazar and Isamar because Nadav and Avihu were older, they were greater, and they should have gotten the kahuna before Elazar and Isamar because generally whoever is first in inheritance, his children are first as long as the children are up to the standard of the father. So Nadav and Avia were great tzaddikim. Would they have had children? Their children would have taken preference before Elazar and Isamar, assuming their children would have been righteous like them. It says now Elazar and Isamar became kainim in the, in, on the face of Yaakov, of Aaron, their father. Reb Yitzchak says that during his life, they took over the kahuna. Reb Chiyabarabah says when Aaron died. According to Reb Chiyabarabah, it means when he died, because it says here, Pnei, and just like by Avram, it says, that Avram got up from Sodom, over there it means when he died, here also it means that a Lazarni summer would take over when Aaron died. According to the Yitzchak, a Lazarni summer take over during the lifetime. Some um, Aaron became, had impurity, and a Lazar had to take over. A Lazar became impure, so he summer took over. So even during Aaron's lifetime, there were incidents that Aaron was not available to be the Kayin Godel, and a Lazar and Isamar were instead. In other words, we have this concept that there could be a Kayin Gadol, and the Kayin Gadol is out of commission one day, and one of his sons can replace for him, or another relative. And now we bring a story with Shimon 
the son of Kimchis. Kimchis was his mother. He once went out to speak with an Arab king, and he, as he was talking to the Arab king, a bit of spit from the mouth of the Arab king went on his garments, and he became impure. So Yehuda, his brother, became the Kayin Gadol that day until he the Kayin Gadol became pure. Shimon became pure. So his mother saw that two of her sons were Kayinim Gedayim. Then another time it happened, and another one of her sons became the Kayin Gadol, and it happened another time until the Gemara says that Kimchis had seven sons, and she merited to see each one of the seven sons put on the garments of the Kayin Gadol. And the Chachamim asked her, what amazing deeds do you have? And she says, the walls of my house never saw the hair of my head and what's under my garment. And they said that every kemach, every uh, flower is kemach, but the flower of kimchis is soilus, the finest flower. And about kimchis, they said, she is the respectful princess inside, and therefore kimchis merits all seven of her, do- of her sons becoming koyengolo. According to the Pchia Bar Abba, it's only our, after Aaron died and Lazar and later his summer became Kainim Gedayon. Now, the next thing I want to deal with is still in the Parsha about drinking wine. We have in the Parsha, Hashem tells Aaron that you're not allowed to drink wine when you go to Yomayit, so you, this is a rule forever. Now, we have an amazing Medrash Rabbah here about a story which is not that well known about Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon, drinking wine and getting into big trouble. He brings over here, the Budin says, the seven years that Shlomo built the Beis Hamikdash, he didn't drink any wine. Shlomo spends seven years building the Beis Hamikdash and he never had any wine. When he finished building the Beis Hamikdash, he married Bissia, the daughter of Paroi. And that night, the night that he finished the Beis Hamikdash, which was the night he married Bissia Bas Paroi, he drank wine. And there were two celebrations. There was a celebration for the building of the Beis Hamikdash, and there was a celebration for the wedding of Shlomo marrying Bissia, the daughter of Parai. And there was a big competition between the two celebrations. And Hashem says, which celebration am I going to be focused on? Am I focusing on Shlomo and Bissia's wedding? Am I focusing on the celebration of the building of the Beis Hamikdash? At that moment, which is the night before they used the Beis Hamikdash the first time, Hashem decided to destroy Yerushalayim because Shlomo decided to marry the daughter of Parai the night before the dedication of the Beis HaMikdash. And this is the meaning of a Pasuk in Yirmiyahu, Ki al-api This city had angered me from the day it was founded, because the early days of Shlomo were good, but the night before the dedication of the Beis HaMikdash was the night Shlomo messed up. Uh, which again, the Gemara is saying that this came from the wine that Shlomo drank that night. Rev Hilni says, it's an parable, somebody who's going through a dirty area and he turns his nose like, I don't want to smell this rubbish. So Hashem also, he walks through Yerushalayim and he sees this wedding of Shlomo with Pari's daughter and he says, he stinks this wedding. I don't want to be here. Chaynya says 80 different dances, Bas, daughter of Pari danced that night, and Shlomo overslept the next day till four hours into the day, till 10 a.m. And the keys of the Beis HaMikdash were under his head. And that day, the first day of the dedication of the Beis HaMikdash, 
they didn't bring the carbon tomato till four hours into the day because Shlomoy had overslept. His mother entered to rebuke him. And some say Yeravam ben Nevot entered and rebuked him. So the Gemara asked, okay, his mother, I understand how can rebuke him. How can Yeravam ben Nevot rebuke a person of the power of Shlomoy? Shlomoy is a powerful king. How can he tolerate rebuke? So Reb Chagai B'Shem Reb Yitzchak says, Yeravam didn't rebuke himself. He gathered 1,000. Elef mitoich shifta. He got a thousand buddies of his together, and he went and rebuked him. And that's what it says. Kedaber Ephraim reseis when Ephraim Yeravam Nevot is from Ephraim, and his thousand buddies are from Ephraim, and they spoke reseis as Kedaber Yeravam Ritucha. Yeravam spoke Nevotim Koshimu other very harsh words, trembling words about Shlomo. So Hashem says to Yeravam, "You're rebuking him. He is a prince in Israel." You're rebuking him. You don't realize the test that a monarch has, that a king has. I'm going to give you a taste of kingdom, and we'll see how you'll do. Later, we have Yeravim became the king, and Yeshem Babal Bayomish, he served idols. Yeravim messed up much worse than Shlomo. The Rabbonim say it was Shlomo's mother who rebuked him. She took Kurdikun, which the Peter says now. She took her shoe, and she goes with her shoe and slaps him in one face, slaps him on the other face. She slaps him with her shoe on both sides of the face. And she says, and she says to him, what's with my son? What's with the son of my womb? You were nine months a tenant in my womb, and this is the way you act? It doesn't say it says she calls him which is an Aramaic word, bar, like of Shimon bar Yechoi. These are the tzavois vashoris shel toida. There are warnings of the toida. Toida is called bar. Toida is like grain. As it says, nashku bar. Nashku bar means kiss the grain, except kablu ba'ava, the commentary says, except with love, the words of toida. There's a commandment in toida, you should love it. The toida says to a king, don't drink wine. You shouldn't drink wine. The Torah says, don't marry too many women. He shouldn't do it. He should accept every word of Torah clear as it is. Shekol devoreha bodim. Every word of Torah is pure. But Shlomo understands and he's brilliant and he says, this law doesn't apply to me and this law doesn't apply to me. Uma bar nidri, and the son of my vow. Amra she says to him, Bri, my son. Your father, David, had many wives. David had 18 wives. When Nasan Anavi came and said that after that there will be a son born whose name will be Shlomo, and he will build the base Hamikdash, every one of David's 18 wives was planning that she would have the next son, hopefully, and she will name him Shlomo. Everybody was saying, if I have this amazing Shlomo, I will bring all the carbonics. In the end, I'm the one who was the mother of Shlomo, and I have my carbonics, and I'm waiting impatiently to bring my carbonics. And you, my son, these carbonics are over my merit to be your mother, and you're sleeping. 10 a.m., and you're still asleep. Don't give your strength to women. Be careful with those things that are the michyo, the uh, life of the king, 
that your whole life as a king is dependent on obeying the commands to a king. Amrullah, she tells him, Vini, my son, don't mess up with your desire for women. The Dayr Hamabu, the generation of the flood, they were involved in adultery and they were erased from the world. What does it mean, Lamoyel? He says over the commentary you don't, that the king from Hashem, they only give royalty to someone who is obedient to Hashem, to someone who has the yoke of Hashem. So that's they don't give permanence to a king. Why God do I have to do this? Why God do I have to do this? God, you say that a king shouldn't have too many wives. Why not? I can have many wives and I'll be good. Don't have too many horses. Why not? Don't drink wine. Why not? Don't have too much money. Why not? So there's this guy who's always negotiating and arguing with the rules. The one who debates the words of Hashem, God gives a rule and says, do this. And he says, why? Maybe it doesn't apply to me. So this person does not have permanent kingdom. And whoever does these things, whoever, and whoever does Dvarim Shokel, the one who does what God wants, he'll be the king. So kings should not drink wine. Wine is very dangerous. Because if you drink wine, you can end up like Pare. When Moshe comes to Pare and tells him, Hashem said to let the Jewish people go, Pare says, Mi Hashem Who is this Hashem? Why should I listen to Hashem? Now a Jewish king, if he has wine, he's also in danger of questioning the word of Hashem. So Bathsheba is appealing to her son, please obey Hashem. Don't drink wine and don't question. The Loroiznim a Shechor, Oixiv, Oi Min Kodom Hamra, Oi Vei, the powerful people, Oi Vei, when they drink something intoxicating, what a mess they get in. And he goes on, Pen Yishte, he may drink and take some alcohol, the Yishkath Mechukak, and he will forget. The laws, the words of Torah, which are carved out. Anybody who drinks too much wine, the word mechukak, mem, ches, kuf, kuf, is gematria 248, referring to the 248 positive commandments. So lest he drink and forget these, these laws. And Abchanina Bar Papa says, Hashem says, I had this big building, I didn't destroy it. Why did the Beisamikdash get destroyed? The problem was people drank wine and that caused them to do stupidities. And here we have these two powerful people in the Beis Hamikdash, Nadav and Aviyu, and they died because of wine. They got messed up because they drank. They made a stupid decision because they drank. They drew, made they died because they entered the Beis Hamikdash having had wine. Hashem says because in this world wine causes big problems, but in the future I'm going to make wine a simcha. We have a pasuk in Yael v'Hayah by and that day. The mountains will flow with the grapevine, which the, the commentary says that then the wine will have only positive results. Okay, that's just something. Isn't, isn't there a thing about, um, like, for example, on Pesach, you have to drink wine, don't you? So if the, then, Hashem says, then, the idea is do what Hashem says. When Hashem says you have to drink wine, you have to drink wine. And festivals as well. Festivals. What the message of this medrash is that wine is potentially dangerous. Alcohol has potential danger. And be very careful. And according to this medrash, 
Shlema got messed up very much because of alcohol. Yes, are there times that we should drink wine? Absolutely. But uh, the Medrash is giving us extreme caution. There is a Gemara in Saita. Saita goes right next to Nazar. And the Gemara says that somebody who sees a Saita should cut himself off from wine because alcohol causes these problems. Okay, now, uh, the Haftoida, I know that you can argue that alcohol has positive things, etc. And the, the question is whether we have the understanding, etc., to know what our boundaries are. And Shlema, who was a brilliant guy, obviously got the boundaries wrong. Now the Haftoida. The Haftoida begins, this is the Haftoida of Shlema, moving, of David, correction, moving the Arain to Yerushalayim, the first seven years of David's kingdom, he was in Hebron. Then he came to capture Yerushalayim and he moved the kingdom, the capital to Yerushalayim. And he worked on bringing the Orin to Yerushalayim. It begins the Haftarah by Yosef, David is called Bachar Bishrael, Shloishim Elef. Literally, it means David counted young people, 30,000. Now, there were a lot more than 30,000 young people in Israel. So we're explaining that this 30,000 does not refer to young people, but it refers to great Torah scholars. And according to the Medrash and Talmud Yerushalmi, 30,000 or maybe 90,000 is the number of people who were given smicha. David, upon the um, bringing the Arun to Yerushalayim, he wanted to have a lot of Jews getting smicha, so he found 30,000 scholars, or as we'll soon see, 90,000 scholars, and 90,000 great people we'll soon see were given smicha. Now, the only thing is there was one Jew who was more brilliant than everybody else put together, and he was not given smicha. Who was this one Jew who was not given smicha to? Achitoifel. Why didn't David give smicha to Achitoifel? Achitoifel was, it says in the Gemara that his Torah was min hasafa v'lachotz. His Torah was external. Achitoifel was a brilliant man. He was brilliant in every area of Torah. But the Torah was external. It didn't permeate his life. The, the Gemara Yerushalmi brings Achitoifel, Odom gibar He was powerful in Torah. It says David gave smicha to 30,000, which Rebrechi in the name of Rebbe Barkana says it doesn't mean 30,000. It means he 90,000 Zekanim David appointed gave smicha in one day. He took 90,000 people who were all of a high caliber and gave him all smicha. And of all, and then there was someone who was more scholar than all these 90,000 people together, and he did not get smicha, which was Akitaifa. Was not counted with them. This is what the Pasuk says. By Yosef, a David called Bachar Bishrael, Shloishim Elef, David gathered all the young people, 30,000. And by Yosef refers to another 30,000. And the simple, and Oid is another 30,000. So by Yosef, he added, and Oid is another. And then Tlosin. Shleishim Aleph is another 30,000, so it's 30,000 plus 30,000 plus 30,000. 
So he says, by Yosef, Tlossin is 30,000. And the simple meaning of the Pasuk, Tlossin, 30,000. You have 90,000. You find David has 90,000 Rabbonim. And these are not just Rabbonim. These people at Smitha had to be experts in Kol HaToyra Kula. They have to excel in the whole Toyota. And yet David with 90,000 scholars who should help him, he made the stupidest mistake. He came to carry the Oroin and they didn't They did not carry the Oroin by the rules. It says they took the Oroin on a brand new wagon, which uh, now, As the Orin was on the wagon, the Orin was unhappy. It's against Halacha. You're supposed to carry the Orin on the shoulder. So the Orin was going up and jumping up and jumping down and jumping up and down. And it was the Kayanim were being thrown up and thrown down. And these Kayanim who were uh, leading the Orin were being uh, like, you know, you're juggling with Kayanim, juggling with a bull, you juggle with Kayanim. They were going up and down. So David, what's going on here? I'm trying to bring an orin and the kainim are going up and down like yo-yos. What's happening here? So David sends and he calls Achitoifel and he says, you know what's going on here? Why is the orin doing this to the kainim? They're being thrown up and down. So Achitoifel says, you're asking me? You just gave rabbinic ordination to 90,000 rabbis and me, you didn't give rabbinic ordination. So why don't you ask one of your 90,000 rabbis? Why are you asking me? So David says, the one who knows how to get to stabilize things and doesn't stabilize it, in the end, he will be strangled. So Achitoifel says, make korbonis. And that's why it says, in the Haftoida, the carriers of the Yare went six steps and he shafted a tzoy, a shoyed, an ox, a meri, and a fattened ox. And Reb Hanina and Reb Mana says that for every step they shafted a shayr and a mani, and at the end of seven they shafted parim b'shivimayla, and the other one says on every step seven parim and seven aylim, and the end shayr a mani. Hashem tells Achitoifel, you made such a mistake. This is something that every child who goes to Cheder knows the answer to this question. You need big scholars, don't learn basic Chumash. It says in the Chumash that when the Nesim gave wagons, it says, He didn't, Meish Rabbeinu did not give wagons to the Bnei Kahas because they have Avedas HaKaisef. They have to carry on their shoulders. So why isn't it obvious that haven't you guys learned Chumash? You got all these 90,000 rabbis. And the same... So Achitoifel does not want to answer the question and doesn't want to answer it right. The same you find when David wanted to dig the foundations of the Beis Hamikdash and he dug uh, 15 Amois and he didn't find the Tahoim, the deep water and in the end he took this flower pot and wanted to remove it. And this flower pot said, you can't. And he says, why? Because I'm covering the Tahoim. He says, when are you here from? He says, since we heard on Anyway, in the end, this Tahim came up and wanted to flood the world, Achitoifel. And David is, Achitoifel is hoping that there's a flood coming and David's going to die. 
and Achitofel, the whole time he was a brilliant man, but his goal was to get David out of the way and become the king. David says anybody who knows how to deal with this problem and doesn't tell me in the end will be strangled. So Achitofel said whatever he said and he got it, he stopped it. And David started saying, Shira, Shira Malis, Shira Lemea Oilis, Shir for a hundred Oilis. Nevertheless, in the end, Achitofel was strangled. Which is why you have to be very careful with a word because a per- curse was put on Achitofel with an if. And even though the curse didn't develop, uh, he, David, Achitofel did tell him what to do. Nevertheless, Achitofel was strangled. He actually committed suicide through strangling. Now he goes on and Yirmiya says, this Achitofel was so brilliant. When David was running away from Shaul, he, Shaul gave David a scroll of all the details of how to build the Beis HaMikdash. And Achitofel didn't have the scroll, but he says, he says, I can tell you what the scroll says. And he was able to figure out logically what the scroll says. And that's what it says. That advice of Achitofel could match the Yorim Betumen. Yet, despite that, in the rebellion of Avsholim, Achitofel supported Avsholim, who was David's son who rebelled against him. He was hoping that David and Avsholim would kill each other and then he would become the king. Um, later, it didn't work out the way he expected. David had a guy, Hushai Arki, who advised Avsholim, whatever the opposite of whatever Achitofel advised. And Achitofel saw that his advice wasn't followed and he realized he's going to get in trouble for him, uh, instigating this whole rebellion. He committed suicide at age 33. Okay, going on now, David goes to bring the Arun and as David is bringing the Arun on a brand new wagon, um, Uzzah, the Arun looks like it's falling and Uzzah grabs the wagon and Uzzah dies. Why does Uzzah die? So there's a Gemara in Saita that brings because when they crossed the Yardane, all the Jewish people crossed the Yardane. The Arain was being carried by the Kayanim, and the Arain is on the east bank, and all the Jews are on the west bank. And then, as the Kayanim took their feet out of the Yardane, the Arain picked up the Kayanim, and the Kayanim flew across the Yardane. So Uzzah should have worked out if the Arain was able to carry the Kayanim to fly across the Yardane. Nice of Nasan Atzmaili Kolshakin. Certainly he can carry it himself. And for this, Uzzah died. Commentaries bring that. Why? Because when the Arain, you know, one would argue Uzzah sees the Arain falling, so it's a natural impulse to grab it. What did Uzzah do wrong? So it's actually mentioned that the Arain was not falling down. It wasn't like gravity, it was going forward. And the reason it was going forward, it didn't want to be on the wagon. But Uzzah didn't get it. He thought that the Arun is going to come down. He brings over here on the next passage by Yamas Shamim Arun HaLikim. And Yechanan says, Uzzah will have Elam Haba because he's like the Arun. Just like the Arun is Kayim Elam Haba, Uzzah is also. Okay, they ended up bringing the Arun from Avinadav and they came to a place called Gaid and Nothing. And over there Uzzah died. David got very upset. He was afraid of the Arun. 
And at that point, he didn't want to follow up with the Ari, and he brought the Ari to a fellow called Oyved Edoim Hagiti. This Oyved Edoim Hagiti, during the time that he had the Ari, has his, according to the Gemara Brachis, his wife and his eight daughters-in-law each had six tuplets. So they had 54 babies born in three months. Um, according to the Gemara Brachas, it's all through six tuplets. According to the Medrash Rabbah, Bracha, um, according to Medrash Rabbah, it was single births with very short pregnancies of seven days. In any case, but uh, 54 babies were born in plus the eight sons he had already, as he ended up with 62 descendants after these three months of having the Yarin. And he says over here that because Oyved Edemagiti achieved these amazing things, and the amazing thing is he was light a candle for the Yarin every morning and every night. The Yarin doesn't eat and drink, but he, he lit two candles, and for that he had this great merit. Um, it's brought in the Gemara that this is when they came, when the Chachamim were at Kerem B'Yavne, which was a vineyard where the Chachamim gathered and everybody said something, and the Rebbe Lezer of Yeshaglili says that you learn from Eved Adam Agiti who took in the Oren, and the Oren doesn't ask for food, he just swept and cleaned a bit. And if you take in Tamari Chacham who eat and drink, it's much more difficult, uh, how much more so you the great merit for having the Oren, and the blessing again is that Ayvedadim Hagiti and his uh, eight daughters-in-law all had six tuplets. And David hears about this amazing blessing, and David makes another attempt to get the orange. Just to mention before we end that there's a Gemara, there's a Medrash that says, why is he called Ayved Edim Hagiti? He's called Ayved because he served Hashem properly. He called Edim red because he read in the face of David. David was afraid of the Yarin and Ayyved Adam had such success. And he's called Hagiti because he comes from Gas. In the end, after this, David ends up bringing the Yarin to Yerushalayim. And then eventually the Beis Hamikdash is built, where the, some people have the Achtoida ending early. And then some people, the Chabad custom ends early. Some people have also the birth of Shlemai in this Achtoida. And the Ikar is the building of the Beis Hamikdash. And we should come to the building through Mashiach. We'll leave it at this. Anybody questions, comments? Uh, please, I'd love to hear from people.